you know, yeah. of, of actually getting someone. Anyways, yeah, you me, can't be in the wilderness and just bring God, God, present You're her. sitting duck. Yeah, yeah you're literally, like, if Isaac had to look, if 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 all these people in the, that chose their wives had to look, and the Bible says, he who finds a wife, finds a, you have to find. look to yeah, find. Exactly. You can't just find. The Make God Known podcast is a place where I equip second-generation Habashas to know God and make God known. We're on. The Make okay. God Known Podcast. Make God Known Podcast. Long overdue, but we are finally here. <laughs> so, uh, I would want for people to know who you are. So, give me your first name, your last name, a hobby that you love to do, and then your favorite food. Samir Conan. Your your hobby. My hobby. Samuel Conan. Uh, my hobby. I love playing basketball. Yes, sir. I like uh, eating good food. I like interior design. Okay. I like plants. <laughs> I do. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, there are some hobbies that I like to do. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. You do like those things. I do. And then your favorite food. Favorite food. I would say. Mm. I would say Cajun chicken with Alfredo pasta. Like Cajun chicken at Cactus Club? No, or I've Cajun been making it. I've, been, or, uh, I've, I've had like time to make my own Cajun chicken uh, and then I mix it. In. I think Earl's inspired me for sure. Mm-hmm. But then now I'm just doing it at home. Wow. I, just, yeah, I, I make the chicken, chop it up. There's like these like $1 packages where mm-hmm. you can get essentially these like packaged alfredo sauces mm. that you can then make alfredo pasta and then it's pretty easy but it's one of my favorite recipes. that's nice i didn't know you made it cajun i do, I do so you and i mm-hmm. we've been friends for a couple years now how long would you say would you say it's about not a decade Close to 10 years. Close to 10 years now. Over 10 years, probably like 2014, 2015. So what, we met each other first at Crossover or here at Hybrid? I think we met, there was a couple of times. I think we crossed paths at like Camp Hackman. Yeah. 2013, yes. 2014. You're very right about that, yeah. I think 2015 we got like, that when, That was when I got saved. And I think that's when we started getting really close because of just my involvement in church. And we lived together in 2016, like 17. Mm. And then, yeah, ever since then, it's been just, Yeah, we've been, we've been on a journey. On a journey. Of friendship and yeah, other yeah. things amidst yeah. our and friendship. Friendship, ministry, family, life. Yeah. It's been really... It's been long. It has. Yeah. Time goes by actually really fast. True. Um, okay, so I know I asked you kind of the basic, fun little questions there, but... I want people to actually know you, like yeah. really get to know yes, you. Yes. So I w- want you to share your story. Like oh. I want you to, and don't give me the short version. Yeah, yeah. Give me the version that is detailed. Okay. And exhaust it. Okay. So, uh, and I'll, I, when I think of my story, I always think of my salvation, but I, I can mm. go back a bit before that. So I didn't really grow up in, 
uh, Christian home. I didn't really come from a practicing Christian family, more Orthodox, but very like um, not practicing Orthodox. So pretty much my story is I came to this country. Um, my parents were divorced, but um, and then I just grew up in a home that really didn't have Christian values or Christian practices. Um, and I was really at a young age just going wild with like a bunch of my friends, you know, like uh, we were we started going clubbing and like 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 teen clubs in grade seven. <laughs> I think I remember those. Yeah, do you remember those? Like I we were so. doing we were going crazy, we were going wild. Um, they were at actual clubs. Yeah. But for teens. For teens. Man, yeah, that should have been illegal. Like I don't <laughs> no, know how in actually, the world they're allowing that. Because <laughs> it's like when I think about actually, that, like how are we like grade eight, seven yeah, yeah. going to go these clubs? Go clubs. Like, so um that's funny. I have actually a funny story. One time yeah. we went to these one of these clubs with a group of my friends and uh, usually what we did was we would get we would order a taxi right after and then run after after it would drop us off at a school and then we would just run. So you guys would ditch the cab that, without ditch the cab. But it's funny cuz we uh, one time one of the guys in my friends in the friend group was essentially let's do this thing we get in the cab we get to a place um we get to the school and we're about to ditch the cab. And uh, what's funny is uh, we do this, right? We, we got there, we ditched the cab. I always felt nervous and scared when we did this, but uh, we did it. Like the following day was a Sunday and the guy we ditched the cab to was at church. It <laughs> uh, was like the most dumbest thing ever. Like who does that, right? The wrath of God. The wrath of God. So, um, actually, funny. it's funny because it's like, it's so much, um, yeah, the guy knew <laughs> one of the friends. And the other time, actually, one of my friends, he called your dad to pick us up. Uh, my dad? This is before I met you. Yeah, yeah, actually, Bring the mic up oh. a little bit closer to your mouth. Yeah, I met your dad before I met you because your dad picked us up mm. from a party one time. And uh, I think you told me this with Abush, yeah, right? Yeah, with Abush. And yeah. he just like picked us up and I was like, this is so, um, this is so weird. Like, who gets called at 3 a.m. to come pick up a bunch of youth from a party mm. and he's not pissed off at us? Like, yeah. he's very, like, gentle and, and mm. uh, like, and I remember just, so I met your dad before I even wow. met you. But, yeah, we were wilding and I think at the at about 2015, things were just kind of collapsing in my passions for basketball and in life and, and relationships and, like, everything. And I think I was... Um, getting to a point of just the end of myself in, in some sense. And I remember the real low point was like, I had a girlfriend at the time that I was like cheating, that cheated on me. And I and hurt a lot. I got jumped by a group of uh, these guys. Or I was attempted to be jumped by a group of these guys who thought I was a drug dealer. And, and I robbed them of their weed and I didn't rob them wow. of their weed. Mm. So, um, but the, the person that took their weed used my name. So they thought it was me. Wow. But it was actually so they came to Lendary, like almost almost try to stop me in front of the like the bus stop. And I remember what was the heartbreaking point was like no one helped me. Every, all the people by the bus stop like ran away. And so like my girlfriend cheated, then these drug dealers tried to like jump me and no one helped me. And and I just remember it was like all these little things are just piling up. And I was just like, man, is this really the path I want to like follow in my life? Like, cause the path I'm going down is really not I, something i want 
I need an alternative. But I didn't know what the alternative was. And I really thought the alternative, if it was Christianity, was just going to be so boring and so dry. And like, I, I didn't, like, that, I remember that was the thought. Like, I can't really follow God seriously now because I'm too young. Like, that was the mindset. And I'll do it when I'm older. You couldn't follow God at the time seriously because you were too young. I was too young. And I, I thought it was going to be boring. I thought I would just be home all day. Praying. Like, I didn't know what I was, like, I didn't know what the vision what it, what is a Christian like? What does it actually look like? I I didn't really see it growing up, so there was no alternative. I just was like, okay. But I know what I where I was was like not good. I hated what I was experiencing. I didn't like how I felt. So, but it was helpful to see young people like you and Nahum and other people that I was around. Like you know, they're trying to pursue God at a young age. So th- I think that probably like maybe gave me some example. So I remember, and then it led to where. All these events happen. I'm at a low point. I come I come to the courthouse where you guys were at. And I just remember that it was supposed to be like a quick prayer, right? Like a quick, you guys wanted to do a quick prayer before we ate or something. And so we were in the living room. We're all circled around and I'm just essentially sitting there and I'm just about to, we're all just praying. And I remember just having a real honest, sincere conversation with God saying, God, and in the back of my head, and I know this is the devil because the back of my like. Sammy, like, you can't really seriously want to follow God. Do it when you're older. Or you can't seriously, this is, holiness is boring. I don't know why. That was a thought in my head. and But I was like, man, but sin is painful, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I was experiencing was not something I really wanted anymore. So so I said, you know, what? I, I don't know what the alternative is, but I'll just follow. And I remember just really sincerely God repenting in my heart, confessing. Saying, hey, I want a, a new direction in my life, following Jesus. And I, and I see this group of men, and, I, and I, I think this will help me. I need a, a community that I can be part of that will help me go down this path. Hmm. And, and I just remember having that sincere, rep- like kind of change of heart and mind. And, then, and in that moment, we were all standing. I got to share something I, that was on my heart. Kind of, I think, sharing what I was what I was saying to the Lord. Mm. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit just really filled me with His presence and His love in that moment. You laid your hands on me. That was the first time we were actually really like, I don't know, I don't remember any other moment, but I remember that distinct moment where you came and prayed for me. Now, this is a part of the story you don't know that I never shared. I just found out this year. This is crazy. This is so crazy. So I'm excited. So essentially... You came to, in after I shared um, a quick word, when I stood up and, and you came and prayed for me and the Holy Spirit filled me and and I'm just on the floor bawling and weeping and crying and just God's love was just overwhelming me and he spoke to me in a vision where I saw a cross also on the right side. It was white and everything was dark and mm-hmm. he said to me, everything is temporary, but I'm eternal. And so I was like, it was this like overwhelming love of God with this assurance, assurance and clarity that God's real, and on top of that, God is um, like whatever. I I guess that statement to me was meaningful because I I felt also a, I was like in a, in a sense in a d- deep depression before mm-hmm. that, and in a, in a somewhat mm-hmm. deep depression, and I remember that just made life meaningful. Like it made it seem like, hey, like we're not just dust of wind, like there's something important that God is calling us to. And uh, 
that really mm. forgot is important. So this is what's crazy though. So um, I'm crying. Like, I don't know how long I was on the floor for me, 30 minutes and go call my mom. And my mom's like really not a, at the time, like really practicing Christian, christian in a deep sense or in even in the orthodox sense but called my mom to tell her my experience hey mom i just god just spoke to me i felt god's love all this stuff i'm cheering with her and she said i was on drugs like she didn't take me seriously wow um but recently so i was but recently like this is like maybe th a month ago i was sitting with my mom and um and i and i was kind of like we were talking about that moment in my life when everything kind of changed mm. And we were talking and she brought up that same night, that same night, because I was at the courthouse around 11 p.m., right? Yeah, it was late. It yeah. was late. Mm -hmm. At that same, my mom was worried till she stayed up, even though she had worked the next day. Mm. And what she was, she, as she was staying up, she started falling into drowse, like she was sleepy and she was falling mm. and then she had a dream. And in this dream, she saw a, a light brown man. I don't know why I didn't tell you this. A light brown man pouring oil on me wow yeah and and then god gave her the understanding of that dream leader saying it was as if um when god anointed daniel or god anointed samuel i think something David. like yeah, yeah or yeah right. she was saying it was like symbolically anointing oh, okay but that was that was so that my mom same that same night at the same time when i called right after when i called her so my mom was having this dream my mom was having the same dream as it was as you were praying for me and the Holy Spirit filled me. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that that's coming from my mom who's not pro yeah, like Pentecostal yeah, yeah. Protestant yeah. like wow. in any sense, you know. So um wow. so she was having the dream at the same time as I was literally being filled with the spirit and so she then um so she told me that recently and uh and uh what continued to happen was yeah pretty much i was just so just confirmed to me that 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 night was really a divine night a god encountered night. god anointing sending me apart like that anointing is usually you know when we you set people apart for service and you set and and, and we're all anointed in christ yeah, but you know yeah. but i think for me that was really a clear moment of anointing and a clear moment of being set apart for the lord wow and um, so after that, really, it was just a life that was in grade 11, went to Bible college, just started pursuing the Lord, uh, felt called to full-time ministry. Um, and ever since then, life, like that direction I was looking for, even though I didn't know what life was going to look like if I started following God seriously, has been the best decision in my life. Like it's been, life is so good. Like really, I, I'm beyond blessed. And uh, when Jesus said that uh, whoever believes in me will have abundant life, it is the most true statement ever. Life is with Jesus is just amazing, meaningful, full of love, full of grace. Wow. It's, 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 it's adventurous. It's purposeful. And I think um, people can delay that as they, until they're older, but you're really what you're, you're also delaying all the beautiful things that Christianity brings when you do that and wow. and it, and um so it's been the best decision and I recently got married as most people know a year ago um 
to my beautiful wife and um and I'm just still on this adventure and journey with Jesus, just seeing where he takes us and um but that night was the night that really sparked oh. it all. So crazy. Yeah, so kind of I I didn't never share that part with no, my mom. I didn't even not. know until a month ago. So until a month ago, yeah. she told you. Wow. She told me, like, that's I was insane. like, that's crazy. Like, why don't you tell me this? She's like, I did. I mean, you probably did. I was like, I didn't. When I was listening. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know. Every time I hear your story, it it touches me in, in a different way every single time you tell it. Mm. And it's it's even better because I actually know you. Mm. And to see like your journey and your story continue to develop mm. and to see you become the guy that you are today or yeah. the man that you are today. Yeah, it touches me in a whole different way yeah. over and over and over again every time you tell it. Yeah. And it seems like every time you do tell it, yeah. there's a new side that I haven't heard Yeah, that's new yeah. when you tell it the next time. Yeah. And uh, it's it's true because I I think even for me like that there are different angles in how you see mm. that in moment and I think even for me as I reflect more and more on it I I think the first time I used to tell my story I used to emphasize what God said to me yeah the vision yeah sorry Sammy hold up your mic oh, to your different mouth things but yeah. God every time God's just revealing new things about it so. yeah that's incredible and and your role in that part is huge I I think it's crazy just how our, our paths kind of intersected yeah. and has continued. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely God's providence for sure. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to, to, again, to be just part of the story, yeah, yeah. you know, just yeah. to be part of that is, is really honoring. Yeah. So you said two, two things that I want to highlight that I want to kind of get into. Yeah. First thing you said was that when you were younger, a lot younger, and not a Christian, mm -hmm. you thought that you were too young to take your faith seriously or to take a faith or the Christian faith seriously. Yeah. And secondly, because you thought it was boring. Yeah. Christianity was boring. Yeah. I want you to go into that a little bit more because yeah. I'm sure there are people that are either listening or watching that are maybe on the fence mm. when it comes to giving their life mm. wholeheartedly yeah. to Jesus yeah. and have that same belief that you had yeah. that let me just live my life now yeah. let me have fun and, and, and that the the faith thing could come later yeah and then there's the idea that if you do become that it's because it's boring yeah right so yeah. touch on yeah, that yeah. I, I could touch on it i guess theologically and then also maybe like more um personally like for me, yeah, like the, do both. Yeah, on the th theological front, I think from the beginning of time, I think Satan has always offered people the uh, the false alternative. You know, there's a tree mm. of life, then there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's like the in Proverbs, there's that elegant wise woman, and there's a folly and prostitute woman, and 
and there's always um and even in, in you know in Jesus there's a way that he's offered the kingdom of God or the kingdoms of the world and there's the way that God wants him to inherit the kingdoms and the nations of the world and there's this like and I think a lot of us live uh, in this it almost is like saying knows and caters to our like like you know for example with sex like we think mm. in this world like with sex oh man if i can sleep around uh and um with as much women as possible or if i can like that's better than being almost in this like in this whatever op whatever the opposite of that is mm. but we know even just scientifically like married couples have better sex than non-married couples you know what i mean and we know and it but it's just like we have this deception it's almost like this these mm. false kind of like uh alter, um false alternatives that the culture kind of promotes that that but christianity actually has the substance christianity actually has like the real thing that god actually god is pro life god is pro oh. like he wants something good for you so i think in one sense theologically it's just saying's good at offering poor counterfeits to culture for sex money life um business whatever false counterfeits yeah and i think and if you've never seen the real thing like if you've never seen what a real healthy marriage looks like if you've never seen a real healthy sex mm -hmm. life if you've never ever really seen um are like just someone living in their purpose and doing something or operating the business in a godly way like if you've never seen that mm. the culture's offer is just so enticing mm. you know so i think it's partly when i was young is that i didn't know there was another way like there's another way to have like sex is there's actually a better way to have sex there's actually a better way to do like there's actually a better way to find purpose you know and mm -hmm. so i think part of it was just that i didn't know there was that ignorance and the deception but also eventually maybe it was just that like i didn't also want to give it up right and there's a sense of like if you don't know there's something better you don't want to give up absolutely you know something like absolutely like it's really like why would i want to give up this way of living if i don't really know uh there's a better way wow. and it's like why would i want to give the way i'm conducting and behaving if there's no better alternative and absolutely so yeah. part of it is that that's the sinfulness part of it is also just the deception but um it was the mm. best decision i think following christ and giving up losing your you know that's what jesus promises yeah. and he's so clear with us he says if you if you lose your life you find it if you try to keep your life you lose it so it's it's us laying our life and be, walking down the narrow path at least actual life Absolutely. by the power of the spirit so um that i think so i think for young people like the culture really isn't offering you a better like i know they promote the fame the sex the mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. those are f false counterfeits like god actually created sex god is actually the one that creates um the productivity and work god is the one that actually created um true honor and and glory not these false uh statuses and and you know so there's a way that that actually can be given to you but it's through this mm. self dying it's through following christ and it's 
So it's not a suppression of some of those desires, but it's actually just a redefinition of it. So. What's going on, everybody? My name is Samuel Tekka, and I am so excited and thrilled to announce that my course, A Meaningful Life, is out and available now. If you're a person that lacks confidence and also clarity in what your God-given meaning is and also have a hard time identifying what you love to do, which creates this sense and anxiety that we're not making a difference where we are in the world, this course is for you. I've created this so that I want to equip Christians to live out their God-given meaning, to identify what they love to do, and ultimately make a difference where they are. So for more information on that, I want you to go to samuelteca.ca slash courses, and I want you to live a meaningful life. Now back to the podcast. Wow, that's really good. You know, I think... You and you and I have had that conversation before, yeah, yeah. and I, I remember usually our conversations go for a pretty extended amount of time because we touch on so many theological, yes. you know, principles, and then we touch on how it applies to our personal lives or to the world and culture. Yeah. So you know, one thing I think you and I can't deny, and it's just coming down to reality and like yeah. being realistic yeah. is that a lot of those things that maybe you and I have fallen into believing, which is these, these counterfeits, uh, right? You can't deny that it makes people happy uh, temporarily. Yes. And I heard one pastor say like this, he said that, happiness comes from happenings and so mm. what he means by happenings is when you happen to get a new car mm. or you happen to get a new phone or you happen to have sex with the girl that you've been wanting to have sex with or yeah. happiness comes from the happenings yeah. but then he started talking about how joy is connected to something so much deeper than just the happenings of yes. what you could receive from the world. Yeah. And it's like, I think what a lot of young people, especially young people in our age, yeah. yes, they have not seen something better. Mm. And maybe that may be due to ignorance or ignorance is bliss, yeah. you know, but they're settling for so much less. Yes. They're setting. Yes. They, you settle for happiness, but let me tell you, yes. there's something so much deeper yeah. than the happenings that bring you happiness. Yes. There's actually a joy that's connected to something so much greater, something yeah. so much sweeter, yeah. something so much better yes. than those things. Can 100%. you agree with that or oh, disagree? I, I, I completely agree. I think, and it's counterintuitive because it's so not what culture says. Mm. For example, like, Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. It's like, yeah. no way. It's <laughs> yeah. like, but have you ever just tried? Just like give a dollar. Like, have you ever actually done it? It's like the most fulfilling thing. If you have money and mm. like, like, it's like, it's just so, there's this deep joy that I think is rooted in God and rooted in yep. his love, rooted in his, it's just people don't, it's like, that's literally like, I, I you know, I shared this 
uh, I, I, as, as I think people might know or not know, but I, I drive Uber part time, mm. and I'm, I'm across people making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're sitting right. They're beside, making money. They're making money, yeah, yeah. way more money than me, <laughs> and it's like so miserable. Wow, so miserable. Like I, I don't know how candid I could be on the podcast, but you could be candid. Yeah, this guy, yes. this guy. I was driving this guy literally to pick up a. Escort and literally, not me. I wasn't the one yes, driving. Yes, you were his Uber. I was yeah, his yeah. Uber, but this guy was like telling me he's making over like almost close to three hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, but just miserable on drugs, picking up an escort, and it's just like, how do I? And this is always like, like that. All this temper, the drugs is temper. The, this woman is temper. Everything's. It's just trying to, and then you know. It just makes you, I don't know, I don't, I wish it's almost like this deep, deep certainty and desire that I have that Christ only offers life and joy and peace. It's like there's no other way. And it's so clear when you're around people wow. in that situation. It's mm. just like, so it's like, I wish, man, young people are, not we're young, but if whoever on the fence, like they see, just look at the world and you clearly see things are so broken. People are broken. The systems are, aren't always unreliable. But look to Christ then. Wow. If, if that is your, if you're there and you're at a place like, okay, there's everything around us is just falling apart. And like Christ, but look to Christ and, and trust him. He's good. And I think you're right. There is a, he, he, he's faithful to his promises. He's faithful. Yeah. He's faithful to his promise to give us a peace that yeah. is transcendent. So, um, yeah, like I, I encounter these people and I encounter rich people, poor, like different groups of people, different socially. And, and mm. man, I'm telling you, it's like the missing link between all these different groups is Christ. Is yeah. Christ. And it's like without Christ, this whole thing falls apart. Absolutely. You know, so, you know um, I've been... Well, first, I want to say this, and then I'll get into what I was thinking about. Uh, it's like what Jesus says. He says, I don't give you the peace like the world gives you, yeah. right? And he's obviously making a differentiation between the the peace that the world gives and yeah. the peace that he gives. And yeah. the peace that he gives is so much more better, mm -hmm. um, so much more eternal yeah. and not temporary. Yeah. And I think... I just want to like really encourage like yeah. people that th there is something so much more deeper than what you're experiencing. Yeah. And this side is better. hundred percent. It's better. It's yeah. just better. It's how, how does that look like for you? Like since pre-Christ, mm -hmm. post-Christ, like has life been better? Or worse for you. better <laughs> better i think theologically like mentally theologically yeah. but also like practically absolutely what, what ways have absolutely that been yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah. i think my story is a lot similar to yours yeah. in that way where i was doing my own thing yeah. indulging in so many different activities yeah. and i finally came to the place where I realized 
this is this kind of like the prodigal son. Like I'm in the pig's pen in yeah, the yeah. dirt. Yeah. And all of a sudden I've come to my senses where it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. there must be something more yeah. than what I'm experiencing right now yeah. in life. And I think the moment I got there, yeah. God's hand began to move some pieces and parts where, yeah. you know, he sent a man and yeah. that man invited me to church Pastor Andy, that is, wow. and did he come to visit you at the hospital? Uh, no, 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 no. no. But it's like it just after the hospital. For, okay, so for those who don't know, I yeah. ended up in the hospital because I was at the bar with my friends, yeah, yeah. and then my friend pushed me outside, and then I ended up, you know, hitting my head on the concrete, went unconscious, and ended up in the hospital. So that's what that's all yeah. about. And so when I was in that hospital bed, yeah, no one was there. No one was there, and it was it was my low point, and that's when I came to that realization: this can't all, yeah. this can't be all there is to life. Yeah. And so, but after that, yeah, it's just God's hand began to move and sending people wow. like Pastor Andy and like a couple other people, and he invited me to church. Long story short, you know, I, and then I got saved. Mm. But I remember after I had gotten saved there was a lot of work that the lord had to do in my life mm. a lot of a lot of sanctification yes. a lot of rewiring yeah. uh at the time i i had you know my girlfriend and mm. we weren't living in a a, a christian relationship yeah. And so I remember having to break up with her because my mentor told me, you need to break up with her. <laughs> so I so I did. And that was very difficult. That was very hard because we were in a, a four-year relationship. Yeah. And, you know, there was emotional ties and everything like that. And it was very difficult. Mm. But I remember just the Lord, man, just really cleansing me, like, purifying me man just mm. I'm telling you and so i re i realized that after you know the best way i could describe it man is like mm. if let's just say like if you're in water yeah. and the water is dirty it's like there's maybe certain liquids in it that make it dark and and dirty yeah and then all of a sudden, someone brings like chlorine to like really cleanse that water. Yeah. I felt like I was in dark water mm. before mm. Christ and I was in dark water after Christ. Mm. But after meeting Christ, the water started to clear up. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I could start to see clearly. That's beautiful. And I started realizing, oh, those things back then are nothing compared mm. to the joy that I'm getting in Jesus yeah. right now. Yeah. And so for me, practically in my life, that's that's the way that it looked like. It's like and I think it's it's also it's also important mm. for people to know that just because this life with Christ is better, it doesn't make it easy. No. 
And I think the not make it easy part for me was the Lord literally purifying me, bro. Like refining me uh, to the point that I could see clearly again. But that's his mercy, right? Like it's his grace that that did that for me. Um, And so, yeah, man, certain things that were perversion and really empty and having no life in them. Yeah letting that go because again i experienced something yeah. much more better yeah right no it's true it's yeah. it's it's i think it's like what people sometimes it's like when you accept christ it's like you have a personal coach mm-hmm. I, I, on the discipline mm-hmm. point like where mm-hmm. he's now with you every day coaching you comforting you encouraging you training you to be your best and it's yes like, it's not a moment it's like a life journey Absolutely. Of that. and i think it's people Without Christ, you're just lost with no coach. Just, just like yeah. no one's there. No one's really like God's still sovereign and He still loves you. But it's just like you haven't let His voice in. You haven't let yes. Him inside. Yes. So it's like, um, but yeah, man, it's true. I love the point you're highlighting, which is like even for me, it wasn't like accepted Christ. Everything like there was this deep joy in knowing yes, God loves absolutely. me. But I mean, like I still had problems. I still had issues yeah. that God had to coach and train me on and refine me. And then I think. That's part of the salvation Absolutely. experience. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I hope people don't get it. Like if I accept Christ, then tomorrow just life yeah, everything goes up. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like you accept him and then he starts yeah. walking you through baby steps. Absolutely. Him, you know, and it's like, Absolutely. Uh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So, so we kind of talked about people that are on the fence. Yeah. Let's talk about now people that are on the other side of the fence, that yeah. being they've committed themselves to yeah. Jesus. And you're Habisha. Yeah. I'm Habisha. Yeah. I've committed this podcast to equip Habishas okay. to know Jesus and, and yeah. to make him known. And I, I want us to get into like Ethiopian culture yeah. and being a Christian. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel that the culture and Christianity could mm. sometimes be so intertwined that we don't know how to make a differentiation yes. from the both of them. Yes. So I'll give you an example. Yes, please. So obviously I grew up in a, in a Habisha home. Mm. And for me, my personal experience was that... I needed to do something in order to feel or sense a a sense of belonging and acceptance and love from my parents. Obviously, I'm in a unique situation because for those who don't know, like my mother was sick and all that type of different type of stuff. But nonetheless, you know, there was... I, I grew up in that culture. And I'm not saying like just Habishas go through that. Yeah. I'm sure there are many Africans that go through it. Yeah. There's many ethnicities that go yeah. through it. But specifically from a Habisha standpoint. Yeah. So, you know, that's the culture of the home that I grew up in. Yeah. And there are also other traditions that we could maybe begin to yeah. extract. But, yeah. dude, how do you... Because now you're you're pastoring hybrid church. Yeah. Now you're pastoring these, you know, youth yeah, and young yeah. adults. Yeah. So I'm sure you 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 commit come into many conversations, yeah. just as I have as well. Yeah. What would you say to the to the Habisha Christian bro mm. that 
has such a hard time differentiating between what is culture and what is Christianity. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that that does. No, I think there's a couple ways I would just so I'll tell it in the story. There's this one time so I'm so I'm Habesha. My wife's half German, half Scottish. Yeah. So when you, when we got married, there was clearly con- like differences in certain areas and different. Even though we're both Christians, we both went to Bible college. Um, but you need a transcendent culture that judges your culture and their culture, mm. right? And what is that transcendent culture? That's the kingdom culture. Absolutely right. Kingdom culture is the God's reign and lordship over our lives, and what He says ultimately is supreme over what my culture says or yes. what her culture says. Yes. So, um, so th- this this was evident in in one area, which so one time we we had an issue in in our relationship, which was that like she wanted me to affirm her that I loved her, mm. like con like not con- like pretty consistently, yeah, yeah. and I'm just like I never grew up in a home where my mom or dad was telling me constantly mm. or consistently they love me or they're proud of me or. So I'm just like, unless I've changed my mind, why would I keep telling you that I loved you? <laughs> That's how I thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I or I do love you, but if I change my mind, I'll I'll, I'll tell you. You, I'll you know, tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it was just like I want you to know. Mm-hmm. So it and to me that seemed right. You know, like hey, my actions speak louder than my words. So unless I change my mind, I don't have to consistently tell you I love you. And and she felt off by that. She's like, no, no, there's something off about how you're thinking or seeing that and, and it happened to be Rachel Venti was in the room mm-hmm. when I was expressing my mm-hmm. thoughts behind this mm-hmm. and she said but Sammy then why did God the Father affirm Jesus that he loved him oh wow jeez bro when she said that I like like literally stopped and I said Jesus wow. probably knew God loved him but he affirmed him publicly that he loved him that's good and and then I said huh Maybe I'm I'm thinking poorly, not right about, like it was embedded in our culture to do that, but it wasn't kingdom culture. It wasn't, and I think it opened my eyes to the reality that I needed to affirm my wife I love wow. her consistently, not only with my words, but with also my deeds. But that's where, like, culture is almost, the only way you can, you see with, I think the scriptures help us see when our culture is drifting away from kingdom culture mm. or when it's actually more aligned with That's kingdom good. culture. Mm. And I think um, that helped. That was one just practical thing that I remember. Wow. Was like helpful to see like, okay, this is just because our culture does it. This way doesn't mean that's always what God um, is okay with. Or yes. Describes. Yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's good because I, I think the, the safe, the safe place you always want to be is in scripture. Yeah. And it's only by scripture that you can measure to see whether you're living in accordance to the culture of the world, the culture of society, the culture of your home, yeah. or to the culture of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I guess I really want to just stay there for a little bit because... I don't think, and and maybe this is an assumption, 
But sometimes it's just so hard to let go of the culture that you're so used to growing up in, mm. right? You're so, it's so difficult to actually, how can I say, as you would say it, put the kingdom as supreme, mm -hmm. the supreme culture above any other culture. Mm. And I guess I want to get really practical. Of course, from you know, with the word of God, yeah. how, how did you, man, like how did you start to let go of maybe negative behaviors in the maybe culture of your home mm -hmm. and then begin to adopt the culture of the kingdom? Mm -hmm. what, what were some practical things? Obviously, you said the word yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, what are some things that come to mind for you that you feel okay. like you could really help other people? Mm, that's a, I, I think for me personally, is like really studying scripture, understanding what actually scripture says. Um, mm. And I think really helps you discern what is like a biblical way of thinking and living versus from then, the, then what is added. Like, I think there are like the Bible allows you know diversity of food, diversity of clothing. Like the Bible isn't like telling us we have to all dress the same way and eat the same food. But I, and the, so there is some openness in culture and diversity in culture. But there are things that are universal for all cultures. Like we all should you know confess Jesus as Lord. We mm. should all like mm. um, live a holy and blameless. Like there's certain things that despite your culture you should aspire. Like yeah. we have to unite. We can't be all diverse about it. So I think, but the scriptures are the ones through which we see what those universal things that bind us Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And I think we need to really um, take seriously scripture where it's serious and where it's open and, and it gives diverse, let us be diverse. But I think more than scripture, I would say, I kind of like, I think this is a unique thing of hybrids, right? And I think... Mm we are hybrids in the sense and i think many now people are hybrids and that they're exposed to multiple cultures and, and you start seeing that not everyone does everything the way you do it and not everyone is grew up in a family the way you grew up so i think exposure because when you're immersed in just one culture you have you so the definition of culture is a way a group of people think and behave so if you only see how your group thinks and behaves and you have never ex exposed white culture or German, or Indian. like if you've never seen exposure to different ways of mm. of of being mm. and thinking, it's like it, it's really hard to question your just immersed ways of eating. Like I remember there was a girl that there was these two families that came together to eat, and mm. one was eating at the table with forks and knives, and then the other just was watching it in front of a TV, and it's just like. Even at the level of eating, how you eat a meal, wow. is, there's diversity. There's differences. Even I drive a bunch of, now a bunch of immigrants are coming to Edmonton and I pick them up and then I always ask them, this is one of my favorite questions, like what is it, what is it that you notice about Canada, Edmonton and Canada mm. that's different from back mm. home? Because they always have such fresh eyes and they yeah, give such very true. perspective and they're like, you got to drive very, like, you got to drive very long from A to B. Like, it's like very long commutes here. Or like, uh, you guys have a lot of signs here. Like, everything 
is told to you or you're told to when to walk, when yeah. to not walk, yes. when to breathe. Like it's like you guys have so much road signs. <laughs> like but it's yeah. just like you know, but you're yeah. just so immersed in that. Yes. Like yes. you don't really like think yes. about it. And so mm. I would say mm. like be open to experiencing different cultures um without like prejudgment just exp- understand why they do what they do and then take what is good what is biblical what isn't yeah but i think that opens your eyes to see that it's like your culture doesn't do everything your culture isn't like kind of infallible like it's just never wrong everything we do is completely perfect like yeah no there's some there's some great things we do and then there's some things that oh man like time you know in our culture yeah. time is something we have to work on work on Absolutely. and there's different things that like that I've learned, but also I think some beautiful things how much our culture has is like generosity, mm. hospitality, uh, a sense of greeting. The yeah. way we greet is like uncommon to other cultures. When when white people come to our church, they're like, "This is the most welcoming church yeah, ever," because yeah. like it's in our culture. It's yes. how we've been raised mm. to greet everyone. So true. So it's just like, so there's biblical things like that where they're like, "Man, we have to praise that and continue." Yeah, doing that's that. good. Then there's things that. We have to like stop. Doing yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I was surprised with, not yeah. every, okay, so let me give you a little bit of backstory. So when Meredith and I were in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. are in Ethiopia, I yeah. guess, uh, we went to this one church mm-hmm. and every Habisha that went to that church was on time. What? On time. Oh. How? <laughs> Just by. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am curious. How? That's what I said. I said, I said the exact same thing, bro. <laughs> I said, how are all these people on time? <laughs> but let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's why I was so shocked, shocked when I saw everyone on time. Because I'm like, that is not my experience in Canada, man. No. I'm like, whoa, we need, man. We need like, a field trip there. Yeah. No, seriously. I was like, no, no, no. Habishas in North America are never on time. Especially when it comes to church. Yeah. But I was so shocked, bro, by... The people, service started at 11 a.m. People are there by 10.30 and the church is packed already. It's full and they're all on time. So I was, number one, I said to myself, wow, I think Habisha culture in North America is different from culture in the in actual Ethiopia. Mm. That's number one. Number two, I said, I can no longer make generalizations among all Habishas yes. because I was like, man, that what I'm seeing in Ethiopia, in, just in terms of time, yeah. is totally different from what I see here in North America. Yeah. But then third, I, I was curious. I was like, why are they on time? Hmm. Like, why are they on time? So I decided to ask Mahedet, uh, my wife, uh, for those that are listening, um, her uncle, I asked him, why are you, why are you, why are you on time? Why do you think everyone else is on time? You know what he said to me? It was a simple answer, bro. He said, we have a desire to be here. Oh, that's so true. He said, we, we, 
we have a desire to be here. And bro, when he That's said so when he said that to me, yeah. I said, "Yo, is the spirit of God moving differently <laughs> in Ethiopia?" Oh. Bro, please, what are your immediate thoughts when you hear that? Seriously, Sammy, because yeah. I have I have my thoughts, I have my opinions, yeah. but what comes to your mind when like you hear that? Copy and paste. I'm doing it this Sunday. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. In yeah. a um we've been like um kind of encouraging our church and trying to change that culture mm-hmm, and through mm-hmm, teaching mm-hmm. and stuff like that here but i think um i love how you frame that because i think if you do desire something if you think something's important you show that with your actions and and your time and i mean but i love how he st- he stated that like i think most people would say yeah i want to be here then and you should be here on time. I mm-hmm. so yeah. I, no, I love. I the first thing I'm at, I'm taking that. I'm gonna. I'm yeah. gonna copy and paste. That is a beautiful way of communicating why being on time is important. Wow. I don't know. What no, 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 say? no. For sure. I. I mean, a couple things come to mind. I think number one, and I'll go really broad. Mm-hmm. I think being in Ethiopia for four months especially when it comes to church culture, it is so deeply intertwined within the culture. Uh, Religion in and of itself is so deeply intertwined into the culture of Ethiopia. That's number one. Number two is that I think there's like, and and correct me if I'm wrong in in my interpretation or just give your opinion on, on what I have to say here. There's a genuine need for God, man. Mm. And I think that genuine need for God is what the Lord desires in. Mm. Like he desires mm. for people to need him. Mm. Why do I say that? Because Ethiopia is a third world country. Yeah. It's a third world country and there are many needs that people have. Yeah. And a lot of them are cornered to the point that they can't turn to anyone else but God. So because there's that genuine need and desire for God, the the practicalities of being on time doesn't even come to mind for them. It's just something that's just a given Mm. because of, because of how desperate they are for Jesus mm. or how desperate they are for God. Yeah. So I think observing that for me has been huge because, because it's like, Meredith and I were talking about this. I think we've become in North America, the, the church as a whole, mm has become really comfortable. Like mm. we don't we don't have needs here, bro. Mm. Like or or it may seem like we don't have yeah. needs. Maybe that's yeah. a better way to say it. Yeah. Even if you're like poor here, like you don't you don't have much money. Yeah. There's a shelter. Yeah. There's food that's provided. Mm. There's clothing that's provided. 
I think there you you literally have to beg to get those things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you have insurance plans here. Like things are provided for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that creates this sense of comfortability or sense of self-sufficiency mm. to the point that you are deceived to think that you don't need God when yeah. really in reality you are yeah. deprived. Yes. You are deprived. Yeah. And so I think for them, that wall has been removed. I think they, they all these other external things have been removed out of the way mm. to the point that they could see their own depravity, whether it's spiritual or whether it's physical or whether it's yeah. emotional. Yes. And of course, so I think that mm. is probably why Mehdet's uncle said what he had said. It's like there's just a desire to be here because yeah. there's a desperate need for God. Yeah. And yeah, it's something I've been thinking about too. It's like, there, yeah, the deception here is that we don't need God because we have everything we need. But and then, but like you need God when you have things. You need Absolutely. God when you don't have things. And yep. it's like, um. I wonder, I think one thing also is like Ethiopia is in a unique time, you know, where it's over 100 million people. A lot of them are young adults, young people. Um, it's, man, like there's not only a need, I think, at the level of the individual, like and spiritually for God, but I think there's a huge need for leadership. There's a huge need yeah, for, oh, there's a huge need for many things. Mm, and I think a lot, yeah. Um, Man, it's it's a time. I think um, you're right, though. I do think the West is comfortable at times, and I I I think I just read re recently or after COVID, many people stopped going back to church. Like mm. COVID really like stopped a lot of people, and I've been thinking like it was COVID, like was COVID just a refiner, or was COVID like a real like the COVID mandate? Was it really a refiner, or was it just Something that already people were thinking about doing, but like just, mm. just made it really just quickened it. So, mm. but a lot like I heard like I don't know close to maybe sixty sometimes sixty yeah, percent of people bit, didn't go yeah. back to church yeah. after COVID. Yeah. So yeah, no, the West I think we're deeply entrenched in secularism. We're deeply entrenched in a sense of like the government and and all these institutions can meet our needs, and we don't really need God. We don't see it through the lenses. God uses these things, and that's always the the curse of of man is that we always we 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 always forget the reason before the tradition. Mm. We put up Christmas trees without ever knowing why we do it. Wow! You know, and 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 we forget how these things came about. Even we people don't even know that the Constitution in in mm. Canada and in America. And their rights. And their rights. Those things didn't just come out of thin air. Yeah. They were influenced by Christianity. And, and it's like, we just, and then we forget. We don't, yeah. we forget. We think these things are just standing in yeah. midair. And we kind of, so in the West, we have that. And then in, until the the body starts, until the whole course starts to rot and people smell mm. what's going on, then I don't, I, I think, um, yeah. So it's the Chris, we forget yeah. the, the, the reason before the tradition Absolutely. so it's kind yeah. of a curse that we face and you know what on the other side of that coin is that though north america or in the west deal more with 
comfortability. Yeah. In the East, they deal more with over spirituality. Yes. To the point that they neglect practical the stuff. practical stuff. Yeah. And you know, again, yeah. there's always like pros and cons. Yeah, the to balance. Like, right? The balance of you need it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You know, you need wisdom. You know, the wisdom of God to mm -hmm. to balance those things. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you one last thing, and then we'll, we're gonna wrap it up. But I want you to talk to single people mm. who have a desire to get married, mm. but are either struggling mm. to find a spouse, mm. or they're scared to get into marriage. There could probably be other reasons, but those two for me are, are coming to light. Yeah. So I, I want you to speak to, to those individuals. Mm -hmm. And then like, I want you to attach to what you're about to say, the importance of singleness okay, and how it benefits marriage. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I could address maybe the, the first one. And then I'll address okay. The second one. So I think, um i actually preached a sermon on this it's funny like i feel like i'm prepped for this Amen. stuff because like i, I preach sermons on this stuff so so i i would say there's like some important things that uh you have to um so why are people so we know let's talk about the data first data is more and more people are getting so in canada 30 the average age of marriage is 32 uh, we we know in the next potential 20 years we know that in all the developing countries right now um uh, the pop the birth rate is falling. Um, people are having less kids. Potentially, we might have a population collapse because people are not having enough kids to just replace themselves. Forget the next mm -hmm. generation. So data-wise, like people are delaying marriage and people are not having kids. And more and more people in our culture now are thinking it's oh actually why get married at all? Why not just you know it's pointless. And I think that some of that is so as christians as christians but there's also an issue in the christian church so what's happening in the church that's causing kind of similar patterns of behavior so i think i can i would point out three things one is that there's a fear of divorce and mm -hmm. and, the, and one thing most people want don't want to step into marriage is because they've seen models they come from a divorce home or they've just are afraid of divorce itself and they feel afraid they're just so afraid i don't want to get divorced how do i can prevent that from happening in my marriage and i think the bible is clear on that unless there's um marriage or faithfulness adultery yeah. mm -hmm. or or there's like you know christian abandonment yep divorce is not permitted and yeah. then i think both of you having those conversations ahead of time yeah it's important but also so whoever you date or talk to just make sure that you're on the same page on what constitutes divorce because you're going to fight, you're going to have issues, Absolutely. but you have to be willing to tie yourselves together and yeah. work through it. Absolutely. I think that's one fear. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, another is like who you have to then discern. You have, dis you have to have discernment who you choose. Like, is this a person willing to grow? Are they humble? Are they repentant? Do they say sorry? Like, if not, like Timothy Keller says, you know, the foundation of marriage is repentance and forgiveness. You know, if you're in a marriage that's Someone who's doing wrong, hurting you all the time, and doesn't say sorry. That's not good. If you're in a marriage that says, who never forgives you when you make mistakes, it creates bitterness mm. and resentment. And mm. so you need a marriage that's founded on repentance and forgiveness. That's good. You know, so you need 
So fun one like that, that you can build a life with who you have a shared vision with. Yeah. So um, beyond that, so there, that's one way we prevent that fear. I think for a lot of young people also, another fear or it, 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 challenge they're facing is finding someone. And I ask, okay, why, yeah. why, why can't you find someone? And yeah. they say to me, oh man, I just want God to like bring them to me. I want, I want it to be in this way. Mm. I, I've seen all these movies, it's all romanticized and like they mm. fall. So in our church, the people who've gotten married, almost everyone that I know has, except maybe exception with you. So Betty, Binyam, uh, Sean, all of them met their spouse through online, online. dating. Yeah. <laughs> but the, we have this perception of online dating that's like, it's so unromantic. So it's so unsafe. Mm. There's a sense of like, uh, it's all like you know we have this fear, and it's like it's not spiritual. You know, yeah, it's not it's wow. so, like, it, and I think it, mm. it, it, it is a hindrance because it's like okay, you're in a church, like, and majority of them you see them as your brothers and sisters. So you're not going to choose yeah. any of these people, yeah, yeah. but you're not also willing to do online dating. Yeah, where are you going to meet yeah, these people? Yeah, where are you going to meet them? Where, where, where? How in the world yeah. can you select, even discern, or pray about yeah. and yeah. When you're just literally saying no to everyone in your church and no to online dating, yeah. you're literally imprisoning yourself. Absolutely. And, but yeah. you think you're going to find... So yeah. practically speaking, you have to be open to online dating where majority of people are doing. I know for women, it's like there's some safety concerns and there's like concerns about mm. like, uh, like what if... They, like, are everyone there a Christian? Like, there's that. and But we know we have testimony. Betty met yep. her husband, Will. Yep. Both solid individuals. Absolutely. You know, Sean Mel out of Rico, yep. solid individuals. Um, you know, for you, Kim, Kim yeah. and and B Kim is like it could even be yeah. this. How I'm going to spiritualize online dating because Binyam had a vision. Yes, he did yeah. of a woman with blonde hair, yeah, blue, blue eyes. eyes. Yeah, um, and and then he met her online. Yep. Yeah, so I think openness to online dating. Yeah, has like we have to. In and I could back this up in scripture. You know when uh. When Isaac was looking for a spouse, he sent his servants to his country Absolutely. to to look for yeah. his wife. To, he looked, then he prayed at the well, and then God, and he prayed, God, whoever fills my bowl and gives water to my camels is the one I'll pick for my yes, servant. Sir. So he had to search and then God and ask for discernment and wisdom. So there has to be a balance, or you're just like, it can't just be I'm going to pray and sit at in my room and I want it done also in this methodology yeah. of yeah I've, it's like be you have to be yeah. a bit more flexible absolutely so that's good that's so i would really say good. that on the yeah. on the finding someone and on the fear front um and then on the singleness front uh, in first corinthians it talks about how you in your singleness you could be devoted to god and serve the lord in a way that a married couple can't be which is a married couple has additional responsibilities to his family to his wife when you're single, you have less responsibility, so more of your time can go to the Lord. So I would say as a single, you know, it's an honor. It's a privilege. You can do more for the Lord. You can grow more. You can mature more. You can use that time to really become mm -hmm. someone in something uh, with less responsibilities and do more for God in a way that a single, a married man and uh, or a, with a family can't mm -hmm. or is, is limited. So see it as an opportunity to use that time to grow like like i would say that with singleness like not uh oh i'm single and i'm gonna pout and complain and sit in my bedroom all day yes. and just fantasize about having a husband or like like grow in it and but if you are wanting to get married which is good 
then have a plan. Yes. Like pray, discern, search. Yeah. Go on dates, have fun. Yeah. Um, have, you know, so all of that to say, um, uh, I think I would tie that out with that. Like you can find someone, use wisdom, um, like have certain, like I would say the top three things when you should look for, for when you're looking for spouses, shared, I guess, shared vision and goals. Like do you both support each other's goals and visions and callings in life? Does a person you have have character and do you trust them? And do you, um, yeah, I think those, and are you attracted to them? Are you actually physically yeah, attracted to them? Yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, you can't, can't say, I, I like their personality. Like You're not going to say that at the wedding night or yeah. at the, you're going to, that's like insult. Like, who wants to tell yeah. his wife, I love your person? I just, I'm not attracted yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Like, like, no one wants to hear <laughs> yeah, that. No one. So, if you're not attracted to them, don't date them. Yes. Like, find someone you're actually attracted yes, to. Yes. Yes. Um, and find someone you have character with and someone you have shared goals with. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Come a little bit closer. Am uh, I out? No, no, it's okay. But yeah. I just, I, I glanced at the screen. Yeah. Um, hey there, amazing listeners and viewers. If you're enjoying my podcast so far, I have some exciting news for you. If you want even more exclusive content, behind the scenes insights and extra perks, then head over to my Patreon right now. By becoming a patron, you'll unlock benefits like early access to episodes, Q&A sessions with guests, and special bonus episodes you won't find anywhere else. Your support on Patreon helps me create the content you love and allows me to improve the show further so don't miss out on this opportunity to join my exclusive community visit the description down below where i provide all the details and direct links your support means the world to me but now let's get back to the episode thank you for being an awesome part of the journey i got into an interesting conversation with uh two guys yeah. that we both know and uh the reason why i'm bringing this up is because you triggered me when you said uh, go out and date. Mm -hmm. I think on the end of like trying to find someone, I think a lot of people, whether female or male, are scared to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. Like they're scared to actually present themselves. Yes. And that could be one of the reasons why they're not able to find one yeah, someone. Yeah. And so you're you're saying these mediums like online dating, those that's you putting yourself out there. Yes. That's you like, you know, yeah, yeah. having more of a chance you know, yeah. of, of actually getting someone. Anyways, yeah, you me, can't be in the wilderness and just bring God, God present You're her. sitting duck. Yeah, yeah you're literally, like if Isaac had to look, if 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 all these people in the, that chose their wives had to look, and the Bible says he who finds a wife, finds a, you have to Finds. look to yeah, find. You exactly. can't just find. So Exactly. No, yeah. no, no. Okay, so this is good. I, I want you, I want you to just, continue to stay on that vein so i got into conversation with two yeah. guys you and i you and i know and uh, i was telling them about what a female told me okay. and i want to get your thoughts on this because i'm very very curious she said hmm. that it seems that men in the world are number one more bolder than christian men in the church that's number one Number two, she senses that from Christian guys, the reason why they don't pursue, like, so I'll give you an example. Let's say this guy and a girl, they go out for coffee or they mm -hmm. go out for dinner. She said that she senses that the Christian guy that she's going out with is really complacent because he feels like that he already has her. Like, this is like a done deal. 
And because he has that mentality, he doesn't need to try to get her. Like he doesn't really continue to pursue, mm. right? Her. And so she was like in the dating phase. In 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 it could not even in the dating phase. I mean, I guess we could define what yeah. dating is properly and stuff like that. But just like in in the initial phase, maybe if I could okay. say that, just like seeing each other. Mm. So she was like, you know what? It feels like these Christian men out here are essentially lazy and they're not pursuing and point blank period Christian guys are just, they're not as easily available in the sense of there are not many good Christian guys out there for me to like marry because all the other ones are just, duds <laughs> yeah. oh i so i brought that up to the guys yeah. and then they had their own opinions about what it what was their opinion they disagreed i'm assuming obviously they yeah. disagreed yeah. they they disagreed but maybe maybe talk. I, okay yeah, sure, I, I, I do it. think there's deeper reasons why guys can get like i can't speak to individual cases but generally speaking there's other fears men have that are beyond divorce i think other fears men have is finances like oh mm. man i don't have money i don't have a car i don't have it's it that one gets me mad you know what? which one which one finances one? I, I don't have money to get me yeah. i don't have money for a girlfriend yeah. i don't have a car bro i don't care i'll say this <laughs> get into it i don't hold yourself i high. both my my first date that i went uh, after three years i got her to pick me up <laughs> i got but i paid for her food yes you i did. just didn't have a car yes but, and that's like, okay. Do I want a girl that's just attractive because I have a nice car? By the way, I have a Tesla now. So, like, <laughs> so at the time, at the time, I didn't have a Tesla. But I didn't. It wasn't like yeah. I wanted a girl to be into me because I have a nice yeah. car. You know, like it's like I had the first girl pick me up, and we went for I think remedy. Uh, I paid for the food and stuff. The second that didn't work. Fair enough. And then the second one. We went on a date. She picked me up too. I didn't have a car. Yeah. She picked me up. We got ice cream. Yeah. And then over time, I, we, you know, that, that I wanted a girl to be attracted to me. Now, I'm not advocating for being lazy and of irresponsible. Course. Of course. What I'm saying is, but if you're, if a guy, if you're trying to attract a girl based on what you have, yes. she'll leave you when you don't have that. Absolutely. So don't be yes. like trying to flex your financial s- status. It's like you, it's actually the funny thing is when you get married, you build wealth together. Absolutely. Right? So like don't let that be a hindrance. Oh, I don't have a car, I don't have nice clothes, I don't have this. All I don't have the money for a wedding. My wedding story. I'm gonna share this. My wedding yeah. story. I, I didn't have it. anything. I was working part time. I didn't have any I, I had no savings. Mm-hmm. I was going to school. I needed money for a wedding. I, I got engaged okay, I I had this thought too, which was like, I don't have enough money for even engagement ring, let alone but God provided for the engagement ring, literally. And then I had to strategically, like, you know, use that accordingly. Um, I, I don't want to get too detailed, That's okay. Yeah. Then, then, but now I got the engagement. I got engaged. And then the wedding's in a year. But I have no money for the wedding. And then literally one guy randomly hit me up, gave me $7,000 for the wedding. Crazy. Right? And like half, half my budget for my wedding was paid for. That's crazy. So it was like, it's like, so finances is an invalid reason not to. Yeah. If you're willing to work and if you're willing to provide and you're, and and I think for girls I would say like don't be attracted to a guy because he has money. Be attracted if he's 
that has the characteristics of someone that's willing to work and provide, but doesn't mean he needs to be a multimillionaire now yeah. or rich. And then for guys like don't that you don't want a girl that just wants you because you have a nice like car or money like that's then you're then you're you're only sh- that's not a girl you want to attract. Absolutely. That's, so that's one fear I think I want to dismantle. Yeah. And then another fear I think they have, and this is probably maybe the last thing I, that makes men complacent. I find is the divorce, the money, and the last one I would say is Lord help me. What was the last thing I find that men? Um, is it? It's not. I was gonna. It's not. It's not rejection. Mm. I know that's one. But that's it. definitely one yeah, for sure. Fear of rejection. Yeah, but I, absolutely. Man, God help me. What was it? I think it was because I hear it often. It's usually mm. the money, mm. or it's usually um, usually the money. It's usually divorce, and they usually have. I forgot the third okay. fear. They no usually problem. have a there's a three, third fear, but but yes, my mind. Maybe if it comes back to me, I'll, I'll share it. But what, regardless, like I think, I think more young people need to get. I think you should pursue marriage young, fast, sooner, and and even if you're older, it's fine. Pursue it, but um, and there's a you know, and so just pursue it and don't be afraid and. You can start. It's better to build something with someone Absolutely. together than to just both of you two have arrived and then now you're trying to build your life. Like, yeah. So yeah. just build build your life together. One of, one of the excuses yeah. that the guys told me was apparently if a guy tries to pursue a girl, mm-hmm. let's say in the church, yeah. and that relationship doesn't work out. Have you heard this one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Essen- essentially, the guy is X'd out. Out of maybe the the group of girls, yeah. If you date my best friend, yeah. If you date my best friend or or friend, then you can't. Then it's it's one or done kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit weird too. Like I understand we have this like I don't know. Maybe I'll get in trouble for this, but it borders on the line of jealousy. Like because it's just like jealousy. The definition of jealousy is like trying to protect something that. That belongs to you, yeah. Like, but it doesn't. Belong it it to doesn't you. belong to you. Yeah. So it's like, so like, why can't they date? It's borderline possessive. Possessive, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's like, That's what it is. Like, why? Like, why can't? Why now? If this guy's a player and he's mistreating sure, all these girls, sure. But I mean, if he's yeah. kind and he's just not interested, now he can't date someone else. Like, yeah. Makes no sense. That's more of a habisha. Yeah. Problem That's what I'm time. saying though, because a lot of habishas yeah. go through this, bro. Like. And we got to address it because, yeah. listen, essentially, here's what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You as a female, if you're dating a guy, and here's what dating is to me. Yeah, yeah. It's an interview. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Yes, it's sure. an interview. Yeah. You haven't married the guy. Mm-hmm. You haven't put a ring on the guy. Mm-hmm. You may like him and you may have an emotional connection with him. Yeah. But he's not yours mm-hmm. yet until you put on the ring. Yeah. And... I think women just have to have, just have to stop having this mentality of, I saw this guy, therefore he's X'd out and no one else could go after him or he can't go after anybody else. And it is, it is, if we could just say it straight up, it is jealousy. It is very possessive. And 
I don't think it's godly, personally. <laughs> it's and it hinders people because like if it does. You're friends with everyone in the church. Like what? <laughs> can't date anymore. After. Exactly. So it I, makes no sense. And I don't see it in other groups yeah. of people. But yeah. I, I think like I, this last thing I would I would love to say on this issue too is like people really critically plan for their career. Like oh I'm gonna get like are they think really deeply about it right they think about hey i'm gonna go to this university get this degree and then work mm. this job yeah but they don't okay. think about their family plan they have zero family plan when they're in their 20s they have no one it didn't even cross their mind in their 20s yeah the only thing they think about is like what university am i going to what degree am i going to get what job mm. should I? and that's all but i think you need to have a multi-layered plan for your life for at least your 20s which is like your career is one part but but your family like building finding someone is difficult and then building a family is difficult absolutely like thinking about but like you don't we live in a time where everyone's encouraged to go to university and college and that is the huge emphasis and focus huge and then what happens is people graduate they get their degree uh they're getting then they just kind of get into their work so they want to work two three years and then now they're 26, 27. And then now they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should think seriously about finding someone. And then they just think it's going to be happening. Like it was like, it's a microwave. Like you put desire. I want a husband. <laughs> and yeah. then start. And then they come. It's like, that's not it's actually not what life. happens. Yeah. It's like, it takes a couple, maybe it might take a while. And then you're in your 30s now. Now you're racing against biology. And you're trying to have kids. So are you going to? rush the situation are you going to are you going like so people so and i'm not blaming young people but i, I think if i can just put one last thing which is in your for you in your young 20s think multi-layered about not only a plan for your career but for your ma marriage and for your family because that is just like it's almost like we live in a time where that isn't planned about or like mm. that hasn't been like that for majority of centuries most young people were already thinking about marriage and family at a young age. Now it's like that's delayed and delayed and because the career becomes an emphasis. And it's like, but if you, but yes, it's a good emphasis, but it's, I feel that if you emphasize marriage and, and family building as well as your career, you would actually be more financially stable, more, less probably sexual, uh, immorality and like probably yeah. and way more i think fulfillment and more maturity like when yes. you start building a family and Absolutely. You think about those things people mature much faster because you're now responsible beyond for someone beyond yourself so wow so i think there's a sense of like this delay of of planning for marriage and family that i i literally told the congregation a couple of weeks ago like there's a call majority of you are called for marriage right so you need a plan for it now. Yeah, and I was talking, and then an eighteen-year-old came to me. He's like, "I've been thinking about dating, but you know, but I'm gonna start." Uh, you know him, you know, and I can't maybe say his name publicly. Okay, yeah. So he came up to me. He's like, I'm, "Should I start dating now? Should I start?" But I, like getting young men in their eighteen, when they're eighteen, nineteen, thinking about absolutely about at least planning for marriage and family is essential because most of the guys, some guys I talked to, is like, "You know, I want to get my degree. I want to get into. I want to work a couple years." And then they just assume, they think, okay, then when that is done, marry, uh, finding someone and having kids is yeah. easy. Now, now for men, they have that advantage. But for women, because 
biology isn't running against them. Yeah. But for women who's doing the exact same thing as men, you are, you can't. A man can marry if a man's forty, he can marry. I'm not saying he can't. He should. I'm just saying though, he could marry a 25 year old mm. to have a family. Mm. But a woman who's 40, even if she marries someone that's yes. 25, can have kids yes. as much, or her chances of that many yeah. is much lower. Yeah. So it's like you're not a like sorry, you're not a man, yeah. right? Yeah. So you need to strategically think about. Okay, I need to not only focus on my career. I need to think about my family, marriage, yeah. to, and also a man has to think about it too, at a younger age. And not just get sucked up with getting educated, get a job. And then uh, there's a lot of people. So that's my wow. diagnosis for good. some of this. That's stuff, really good. Right? So, no, no. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that, man. And I want to give a shout out to Faith and Mahedit yes. that didn't love us because of the cash that we had. Amen. But loved us because of our character. Amen. We need character. We need that. In this generation. <laughs> Amen. We need character. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, shout out to Faith, man. No. Shout out to your wife. I'm, out, I'm, I'm happy. I married yeah. a good one. And I know you married yeah. a good one too. So I'm, yeah. We're blessed. We are blessed. Yeah. We are very, very happy blessed. Happy wife, happy yeah. wife, right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we've been given such a great privilege and honor yeah. to be in this position yeah. so that we can show people an example, yeah. you know, uh, uh, that there is a better way yes. back to our conversation yes. earlier. Right. So, yes. yeah, I think, you know, we have a responsibility for that and also it is a privilege. It is an honor. You know? Thank you, bro. Yeah. This is, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Time felt like, felt like it went by fast. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It did. We just, yeah. I think this is just us talking. Though, yeah. You know, like, this is probably one of the best podcasts I've done. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was, it was really fun. That's awesome. Good, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, no, I want to honor you for what you're doing. And, Thanks, bro. And I, and, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Samir. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. <laughs>